Well, I'm on caffeine and fumes, and I imagine a lot of the folks are, unless they caught up all yesterday, and they're all fresh and shiny. Uh, so if I sound a little bit, little bit, a little bit off from what I usually am, I've had a lot more caffeine than I have been accustomed to over recent history in my life. SoulQuest is a great experience. It's, a not, it's more than an experience, it's a learning opportunity. We have teachers there, and I believe there were right about 21 adult teachers, and all the kids got to rotate through 14 of them uh, just over that realm, so where there was a lot of classes. Um, there were worship times at least twice a day, so we had at least 10 to 11 of those. Uh, where the whole group got together. There was time for spiritual life with the counselors who separated off into groups and they did activities. They brought in concepts of a godly nature and had fun. And there was a lot of relationship building. So it's not just about going and playing around at Soul Quest. It's a lot about learning, learning God's words. And this year, the theme was grow. How do we grow in God's wisdom? It's going to sound similar to our class this morning on Proverbs. Even Lewis brought that out in one of our smaller Eastern Colorado group meetings with Lyman in Burlington. We're doing a lot on Proverbs on Sunday recently at our home congregation in Flagler. So this is kind of nice if I quoted you correctly, and he agrees with me now. This is kind of nice. And part of my assignment was to emphasize the overall three theme of grow, and I was given the class or the topic of Deuteronomy chapter 6, which also came up today as one of Lee's sermons, that he re one of Lee's points that he remembers when Bill a few years ago taught a class on Deuteronomy 6, 3 through 4. I'm going to expand that a little bit more, but I just want you to know there's a lot more to the week than just what I'm about to give today. But I hope you get the gist, the point, and that it was a very good and spiritual week that this body here helps support in so many ways to get young people there to continue on as they grow in Christ. So the first point is the greatest commandment. As we read this morning in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34, Jesus and a scribe were discussing this very issue, the greatest commandment. Now, if memory uh, is good for me, the Old Testament doesn't necessarily say this is the greatest commandment. But it points out the reality that this is something they need to understand and listen to. And it's like this. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. Yeah, you can say it with me. With all your mind. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as? All right. And Jesus said, hey, this is the greatest commandment. So 
Jesus living under the old law, declaring that as God himself, we can only agree with him and say, yes, that is the greatest commandment, except on Saturday when there's a baseball game. Boy, I said that to the classes, and they looked at me like, did he hiccup? And then they got the point. No, it's about your life. It's about your heart. It's about your mind. It's about everything you have to focus on God who has all the wisdom that we should be looking for. Now, the main speaker, the keynote, as Lewis said, didn't focus on certain things, but he focused on wisdom. Not necessarily right and wrong, but what is wise and what is foolish. And of course, if we're going to follow God, we already know he's going to teach us wisdom. And with that wisdom, we are going to want to do what is right. This teaching came from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, which Jesus said was the greatest commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Right before chapter 6 comes chapter 5. Does anybody know what's talked about in chapter 5? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. It's repeated from Levitic Exodus chapter 20, and it also reminds us of all the statutes and the laws that go into Exodus 20 through 24. So... The first day, the first day we get there, it's a Sunday evening, and guess what we have to listen to from our director of SoulQuest, Tim Lewis. Welcome, here are the rules I'm asking you to follow. All right, God in Deuteronomy chapter 5 just repeated a basic through Moses, the basic idea that here are the commandments for you as the nation of Israel. Well, we get there on Sunday morning, and the first thing Tim wants to come across with is, hello, how are you? Here are the rules. And one of those rules were, and I heard the biggest suction in the whole auditorium, it was, we're not going to use our cell phones unless you have permission. We're going to put our cell phones up, especially during class times, worship times. And then another one came up. We're not going to have fight club in the guys' hallways in the living area at night because what happens with a wet towel when it hits you in the face and the eye? You get hurt. And then he says, we must walk at the appropriate crosswalk. Oh, Tim, what are you doing to us? You're giving us rules. 
You're giving us regulation. You're laying down the law. That's not fair. We're here to have fun and be excited. And of course, he would follow up with and have fun. But follow these rules that I have laid for you. You see, rules give us limits. And who likes limits? Anybody here like limits? Especially if you're under 18. Do you like limits? I like what Rafe said this morning since he said it publicly. I think I can say it now. He said, when I was this age, I think I visited the judge a few times. And then I learned as I got older that which seemed okay to me because life is short. I might as well have fun until I get going somewhere else. Now it's different. I'm thinking about my choices. I'm thinking about my direction. I am a different person. He has picked up on wisdom. So with God, the for God or the writer of Proverbs declares this right away in Proverbs 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge or wisdom. And fools despise wisdom and instruction. I love how Proverbs is laid out. There are so many interesting topics, but the general thought is of a father to his son. And we as parents understand that kids just don't have it all down. They don't have it all down. And we don't want to be fools, do we? That was one of my mom's favorite terms. Don't act the fool. That's what, you know, that kind of hurts. I'm not acting the fool. What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. But she'd look at me and say, don't act the fool. Matthew is filled with a lot of wisdom, as the Gospels are. But our focus was on Matthew. Our focus was on Proverbs. And it's teaching us about wisdom. And in Matthew, we get direct wisdom from God, Jesus Christ himself, when he lays out a lot of things for us to listen to. So at the end of Matthew chapter 7, or chapter 5 through 7 in the Beatitudes, you got all this wisdom that Jesus is giving people. Are you going to be a fool and not listen? Or are you going to be wise or act wisely and listen to him? And he ends that whole product there with the song that we all know. The wise man built his house upon the rock. If you hear the words of Jesus, he says, and do them, you are wise. It's like building your house upon a rock. It's firm, and when the winds of this world come and blow, guess what? You're going to stay firm. Why? Because you were wise. But if you are unwise, you will hear the words of God and not do them. You'll hear the words of Jesus and say, I can do it another way. And guess what Jesus says? You're a fool. Your house is going to go splat right before you. You see, Jesus wants us, wants to see if we will be 
wise. And the wisdom of God leads to growth. The wisdom of God leads to growth. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses, who has the ear of God or who has listened to God, I mean, Moses is 120 years old by this time. I think there's a lot more to learn than just what a 50-year-old understands, a 70-year-old understands, an 80-year-old understands. He's got at least 40 years on the oldest person possibly in this congregation. But he doesn't teach us his understanding, does he? He teaches us something more important than his. He teaches us God's understanding. And he says this, we as parents need to teach our children his wisdom. Now again, Deuteronomy 6 follows Deuteronomy 5. Where did all these commandments for Israel come from? Did it come from man? Did it come from the evolution of thought? It came from God. Now the Jews, Israelites, are not like Christians in covenant in a certain way. One way we're not similar is we are not born as a citizen of Israel. They, under the old covenant, were born into covenant physically. So what did you have to do with the children to help them understand? Children don't know anything. All they know is how to keep parents awake at night until they're frustrated with each other. So you teach your children. You teach your children what they need to know. Those who are born in America, what are we? We're American citizens. Those who are born in Ireland are what? Irish citizens. Those who are born in Ghana are what? Ghanaian citizens. Those who are born by a Jewish mother and father are Jews. Jews is the nationality. The religion is following God's commandments. The Ten Commandments. So, these children needed to be taught God's ways. When your kids get old enough to start looking out the window or noticing what dad and mom are doing, let's use mowing, for example. All my kids, boy or girl, would see me out there because I was the mower, and they'd run out, eight years old, Dad, 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 Mom, can I help mow? Well, sure you can, Connor. I'll help you mow. I'll teach you how to mow. And here's the first lesson. Do not stick your toes under this platform like my band teacher did when he was a child and lost all five toes. That's a good thing not to do that. Why, Dad? Why? Because God wants to keep you and all your little pieces together. So now what am I doing? I'm bringing in God into the conversation. Well, here's what gas does. Now, gas, don't put it in your eye 
Right, Connor? On purpose. On purpose, don't put it in your eye. Even on accident, try not to do it. Gas helps things go. Then you got the internal combustion engine. You might not teach them that at eight years old. I don't know. But who gave us the minds and people the minds to be able to think about things like that? God did. Why did he make the grass green? I don't know why he made the grass green, but he made it. And now it's growing so long, I have to get out there and mow it. So you get them out there, they go. They're eight years old. They're pushing that mower. By the time they get into the end of that strip, they go, I'm tired. I need to go inside and get a cool drink. And so the next summer... You got them going with the whole backyard and on and on and on you go. So you're implemented in your day teachings about God. You're slowly giving them understanding. And I don't think that's too far from what the Jews did with their children. Now they might have gotten to the point where they go, why are we sacrificing animals? And of course, that's a little bit a deeper discussion. And then you get the Proverbs. You get the idea that, hey, son, you are simple in nature, which means naive, which means you just don't know if I start off here and I follow that path, what consequences are going to happen. But I do, and I say, don't follow the ways of the prostitute. That's just one of the examples he talks about. But we're talking about folly. Because you don't see where that's going to head down that path. You don't know what I do. Listen, listen to me. Don't follow that path. You see, they and we, under our covenant, we are about teaching people what? God's wisdom. God's wisdom. And we need to teach our children. Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall teach them diligently the law to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Does that mean a lecture? Every single moment? You might implement a lecture. I don't have a problem with that. You might get a funny response every time, a rolling of the eyes. But we need to teach them. One of the things that he the main speaker brought up was the word telos, if I got that right. And it means direction or way. So in life, we're here. And that's where the basic word that we get the telescope from. Telos, telos. So we look in that telescope and what are we doing? We're looking at a great distance far, far away. And what we do today affects that distance that we're looking at far, far away. So we look in that telescope and we realize, hey, we're not in the right direction of God's wisdom. 
So what do we need to do? We need to change that telescope, turn it around, and point it in the right direction. But our direction is based on, for all of us, our past choices. The choices we make in the past affect our present and they affect our future. You talk to somebody who is an AA and they will tell you, I'm not here because of what I'm about to do. I'm here because of what I've done. It's affected my life now. My past has affected my present and will affect my future. If we choose foolishness, where will we end up? If we choose wisdom, God's wisdom, where will we end up? So if on the path of foolishness, we need to change our direction. We need to change our telos to put it in the, so that we can get to a place in the future that's better for us. So the father speaks to the son as he does in Proverbs and he teaches them about wisdom. You see, the son is simple, like I said. The son is naive. That doesn't mean he's stupid. That, means, that doesn't mean he doesn't have intelligence. That just, doesn't, that just means he doesn't know what would happen to him if he chose the poor choice. So he needs direction. He needs to understand consequences of what will be or blessings of what could be. Now, as a young child, my third point is the meaning of the law. Now, as a young child, you're going to ask some tough questions, aren't you? If you were a Jew growing up under the Ten Commandments, why lambs? Why animals? Why do I have to celebrate four feast days of the year? Why do we have to go here? Why do I have to be nice to my sister? Why do I have to be good to my parents? Why do I need to follow the law? Why, 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 why? It's what's constant. And if you get frustrated like all of us can, we go, what? Because I said so. This is my box and you're going to stick in it. But there we got Moses again. He's about 120. He doesn't lay it out like that. He doesn't say it that way. He tells a story. And it's a good one. He says, you, covenant children of Israel, this is at the end of Deuteronomy 6, were slaves in Egypt. Yes, yes, yeah, we were. And I brought you out by a mighty hand. Well, we know he did, didn't he? Those miracles were awesome. And I led you into the promised land. Yes, yes, he did. It's Canaan land. I want the best for you. That, according to Deuteronomy 6, is the meaning of 
of the law. We get a mindset that says God's putting us in a box. And what do we do? We tick, we scream, we go, I shouldn't have to be limited. Tim put us all in a box. But why did he do that? Why did he say, don't cross the street except at the proper crosswalk? Because last year, after he gave that loving command, a boy chose not to listen. And guess what? Right after he stepped off the curb, he got hit by a car. He's okay. He did okay. But the only thing he saw or heard or remembered was not the wisdom of Tim that was looking out for his safety, but just the five guys who already made it across. The path of foolishness only allows us to see what is fun in front of our faces, what we should do that we want to at the moment. But the path of wisdom would have said, that's not the place to cross. And then we recognize why. Is it just to put us in a box? Yeah, God has expectations for all of us, that's for sure. But why? What is it? its meaning? Because he wants the best for us. We have a lamb. Why the lamb? Because, well, I really don't know why the lamb. But God said so. Do I have to understand everything to its nth degree for me to follow what God wants? No. God says this is how I wor you should worship me. Why don't we use a pig? Because that's not in God's covenant. God didn't say we could use the pig. He told us what to do. Not too dissimilar from the new covenant, is it? Although we don't enter by physical birth, we have a new covenant, but it's not just for Israel. It's not just for the Jews. It's for all nations, regardless of where you come from. You get old enough to understand who Jesus is, what he has done for you, the basic stuff, you say, I want to commit my life to him. You know, that's the only vote God ever gave us. Either to follow him or not to follow him. But once we're in covenant, do we have a right to pick and choose? Do you think his wisdom is greater than yours? Might you do not understand everything? Should that change the idea that under the new covenant, we don't bring in animal sacrifices? Why don't we bring in animal sacrifices? God didn't say we should bring in animal sacrifices. We have the sacrifice, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we agreed to do that. Because we see something in God that's greater than us. His wisdom. His wisdom helps us grow in the way that a father wants to see his children grow.
Think of this analogy. It goes back to the end of Genesis. I brought you out by a mighty hand because you were slaves in Egypt. I brought you to the promised land. I have laid down these laws because I love you, because I have wisdom that you need to follow. In the new covenant, what did Jesus do for us who is God? We were slaves to sin, slaves to Satan. You're going down the path of fools because you're following him. But I, through mighty acts, particularly rising from the dead, right on the third day, have brought you out of slavery, if you follow me, and I'm going to take you to the promised land. I want the best for you. Follow my wisdom. And if you follow his wisdom, are you going to be more likely to want to do what's right or what's wrong? He knows we are simple people. We don't know everything. We're naive. If we follow the path of a fool, we're going to end up in a fool's path. But if we follow his path that he knows so clearly, lovingly, we can look at his expectations under the covenant and not go, God has limited us. No. We should say, God knows the best for us. And if we have that heart, mind, soul, and strength to love God, we're going to grow. We are going to grow. If there's anybody here who has any prayer requests or concerns this morning, please come forward now as together we stand and sing. Standing on the